extra pounds and the force of the bullet destroying her balance. Her eyes remained open, despite the blood seeping from her head. Chapter 2 Janie Perkins, Present Click, click. Hey, Jane Doe, said Detective Chase Nichols, the best-looking slob on the Kingsley police force. Make sure you get that brain gunk on the wall. Lab guys love that stuff. I aimed my DSLR camera at my favorite detective and twirled the focus ring, the tactile sensation of the slim ridges providing a jolt of satisfaction. I brought Nichols's spiked-up, glistening hair into focus and caught him in three-quarter face to highlight cheekbones that looked like they worked out. Nichols claimed to be part Cherokee, a lineage I credited for his blazing dark eyes the aforementioned bench-pressing zygoma, and the coffee-tinted skin that stayed pristine despite the mounds of grease he shoved down in his gullet. A unique presence here in central Virginia, Nichols grew up in the suburbs of D.C., raised by parents from Brooklyn, and then moved here as a teen. He tended to strut rather than walk, and emitted a New Yorker vibe so tough it practically buzzed. Sugarcoating was as foreign a concept to the guy as manners. Just as my shutter snapped, he shoved his pinky nail in his mouth. I'd have a tough time explaining in court why that shot was relevant if this case went to trial. Lawyers made us turn in every photo now, even the blurry ones. I'll give you two quarters, Nichols, if you let me get one good shot of you for the hungry, hungry ladies out there. He'd recently joined three internet dating sites. Never gets old, eh, Janie? With the quarters nickels thing. It'll get old when you retire Jane Doe and come up with anything original. How about Haiku Twin? I sneered. Even less original. The public had deemed my brother and me the Haiku Twins at birth for reasons I tried to repress on a daily basis. Nichols's perfect teeth finally loosened whatever lurked beneath his nail. He spit it with a light thunk into an empty corner. Real sterile, I said. Could you show some respect for Dizzy? Nichols stepped over the exploded head of Dizzy the drug lord and checked out some receipts near the body. I went to my kit and switched the filters on my camera to get clearer shots of the torso and neck. Poor Dizzy. Despite his status as a high-achieving leader in Kingsley's competitive underworld, no onlookers had assembled outside to mourn his sudden passing. Crowds usually offered an opportunity for unstructured shots upon my arrival, but I'd yet to capture a criminal partaking in the notorious return to the scene. Usually I'd overlap crowd photos with my exterior four-corner shots to determine who was scoping out what and which gory details piqued their interest, but the crowd sizes had lately become inversely proportional to the crime rate. Corpses piled up weekly. Murder had become mundane. In Kingsley, it'd be like gathering every time a bird flew by. Why bother? How's Barton? Nichols said, bored with Dizzy's purchases. Still in the hospital, but stable. They're watching to make sure it doesn't turn into pneumonia. Gonna take more than pneumonia to bring your grandfather down. Let me know when he's ready for visitors. I'll send in some hookers. Can't imagine why the ladies aren't lining up at your quarters, Nichols, I said to his departing ass. He turned and shot a finger gun at me.
then went to address the scant reporters while I captured an image of Dizzy's brain matter and blood on the lilac wall. The body fluids had formed the profile of an ancient kung fu master who'd taken a pop to the eye, his long, drippy beard cascading to the floor. I leaned in and got a nice, clean shot of some scratches running parallel to Kung Fu's facial hair. There'd be traces of lilac paint under either the victim's nails or the perps, although in this case, the victim had been a perp more often than not. His nickname, Dizzy, fit him well. He'd spent a lifetime spinning, looking both ways for either trouble or opportunity, while checking behind him in case the inevitable happened, which it had, sometime between 2 a.m. and 4 a.m., according to the medical examiner, who'd left a couple minutes ago. Alone in the room, I felt the familiar stirring in my gut and realized my opportunity. I glanced around for the right...